All right, all right, here we are. We at the Rise of the Kings podcast. For those who don't know, Rise of the Kings is a black men guided communal development and support group. Um, we have some dope gentlemen, um, a part of the podcast. This is episode two. Um, so we're really excited to get into it. My name is Tony Wilson. I'm the founder of the group. Um, I'm also a spoken word poet. I write and perform hip hop, um, produce, and just overall into like a very big advocate of um, black men supporting each other and um, different forms of therapeutic support. So let's go ahead and start off with TJ, introduce yourself. Afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name's uh, Phelan George, also go by TJ. Um, I am living in New Orleans, Louisiana right now. Uh, I am Ivy League educated and also seminary educated, trying to find a way to incorporate uh, faith-based initiatives with uh, other LGBT initiatives as well. And I got pulled into this group by our brother, um, Nico in the group, and I have taken quite a great pleasure in being able to, to relate to uh, fellow Black brothers um, in a, a vulnerable but empowering way. All right, JL. Hey, everybody. I'm JL. I am daddy by day, uh, web designer slash author slash um, chief technology officer uh, uh, and also co-founder of uh, online clothing line called uh, Born and Company. Also, separate line. Stay black. So. Just want to let you guys know that. And uh, I got pulled into the group by brother Tony Wilson. And uh, yeah, originally from Los Angeles. Uh, I'm a LA expat living in Minneapolis, just trying to survive. So uh, as a lot of y'all probably have seen, a lot of stuff going on. Um, so uh, I might have to make my way down to New Orleans with the rest of y'all. <laughs> Bro, you gonna you gonna get the best like red carpet treatment if you do that, cause like you know everybody, cause like you'll be able to stay with me, and then TJ Mom probably gonna cook for you. But yeah, man. So essentially, man, for anybody that doesn't know, man, so this group um, started very organically. Like, what's really cool, we're going on week twelve or session twelve of this whole experience. How it works is we have um, weekly meetings on Wednesdays for 90 minutes and we work with a man named Brother Shaq, who is a community organizer um, and has a therapeutic background. And we just tackle very deep issues like mental health, we tackle relationships, we tackle all sorts of things that really are going in the community. One of the biggest things that we've been tackling was humanity and the lack of humanity that black men feel um, growing up and, and thriving. And that's been a very important that's been a very important topic that we've gone. We're going to jump into our first topic. Um, I guess, what is your origin story with this group and why do you think it's important? I mean, I know you told me a little bit about how you joined, but why, what, what has this group proven to be important? Um, for me, it, it was all about an outlet. Uh, during the pandemic, I experienced um, some more social distancing than I already do. Um, the relationships that I had as, uh, that kept me social, a lot of them came from working. And uh, I'm still currently furloughed. And so a lot of those uh, bonds that I had, um, I wasn't, I didn't have an outlet to anyone. And so a lot of the stresses that I was dealing with group uh, allowed me to to put to 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 free my to free my mind from them one and to 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 basically realize that I'm not alone um, sometimes as uh, black men uh, we see the need to to be strong and be solitary you know we, we don't want to let anybody see us sweat. Everything's all right, at least on our heads, and we tell everybody that. But then, you know, on, on the inside, we're probably falling apart. Um, it, it, it gave me a place to to let some things out 
and to 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 hear other perspectives um and it's really been enlightening and empowering in in ways that i really didn't even know i needed and uh i guess uh, with my origin story um and uh how this what this group has uh done for me thus far is definitely it's gotten me uh it, it kind of reminds me of a of a old school church men's group without you know the the holier thou complexes <laughs> so you know we just get straight to the straight to the real you know like if we're in a cookout you know just you know slamming on some dominoes or something that's that's how it feels like it's just in the virtual form and you know i i love the fact uh, that we're even though we're black like we're extremely diverse group just with our backgrounds like and and everything like it's 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 amazing to me so like i am just i feel truly blessed to be part of this group and to be able to add my two cents into it and uh you know just do whatever i can um and yeah this <laughs> this is this has been pretty life-changing for me I really appreciate you saying that too about the diversity is because you know i mean there's so many misconceptions about the group and it's like for me like i've been like it started so organic bro that like i didn't have the words because like i didn't wake up with this group concept in mind it's kind of been free flowing and like what we've created has kind of been organic as hell just been like we're gonna get together figure it out no we're not some crisis group that like everybody needs to like talk about like issues that they may have but it's just like really getting down to the nitty-gritty of the shit that we're doing and for me my origin story is um you know i just saw a need personally and just overall that like black men needed to be able to get together and just talk and form a community you know what i mean like other groups have that like white men do that white women do that like black women do that to a degree like but there was just never that opportunity for black men because it's always so much posturing right you know what i mean when you get into a group with some black men it's like all of a sudden the peacock and the, the beta fish comes out of us and we sitting there like okay instead of us being like let me find out what my man what my man can do i'm sitting here like what the fuck is he on and i'm automatically like doubting him or coming up with this like enemy this enemy type of mentality yeah man i i, I want to jump on that too because <laughs> it's it's the crabs in the barrel type of uh mentality it's something that's been indoctrinated in us from generations. And, you know, it's really like, you know, I get on my soapbox a lot with this when I, when I talk to my wife about this, but you know, it's all a product of the Willie Lynch letter. It really is, you know, it, when it comes down to colorism, when it comes down to like just social status and just really like when you're, when you're up against you know, when you're a black man putting yourself up against another black man, for some reason, it's just always natural to compare yourself instead of to compare and contrast instead of like compare and collaborate like what other cultures do. So, you know, it's like I feel like this group is is uh, the start of breaking that cycle and, you know, the getting into the practice of doing that and then instilling that in our next generations and then keeping that practice going. I, I appreciate the diversity in the sense that we allow one another to be ourselves. Um, when I first joined, um, I would energy that I was that I was picking up from the other brothers. And at first I was I, I felt uncomfortable um, only because I I um I deal with some uh skepticism about myself and like manhood. Um there 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 are some stigmas uh as far between between intelligence and like masculinity uh that I've kind of been on the uh on the on the the fence with over my lifetime and you know I just I didn't know whether or not this uh this this collective would allow for me to to you know kick back 
and 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 you know because you you really can't really get to do any like substantive work here and in your heart if you don't have the freedom to just be yourself in it um and i found that fortunately it, it wasn't the case i didn't have anything to worry about and i don't have anything to worry about because you know any every black man should feel free to express themselves however they see fit um to actualize as 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 much as they can in their own individual way and you know i feel like this group champions that yeah, like in a way, we're kind of destigmatizing that it's like, not, like that it's not soft to talk about your feelings, you know. And I think that what we've honestly created, we've created like a super a group of superheroes. Like everybody is super intellectual, has a lot to offer. They got their own skills, they got their own issues. But I think the fact that like as black men, if we cannot sit and talk about our issues, we're going to continue to go down a downfall, and we're not going to teach next generations how to deal with their issues and things like that. So that brings me into my next like topic here is how has deal how has healing through sharing, right? Sharing your story or your problems or even your 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 happiness. How has that brought positive change to you your personal life? Monkey off the back. That's what it feels like. Um, <clears throat> I think sometimes you, and, and most of the time we do a bad job of hiding the, the stuff that we think we're hiding. And, you know, we, we think that, you know, we have to, to, uh, put forward a certain image of self, uh, for others approval and just through, through sharing and, and getting some stuff out, um, the word, uh, like I said, it, like a monkey off your back, liberty is the word. Um, you, you never know how when you hold yourself back in one area or in one ex self-expression and how it will stifle other parts of your life. And for me, in, in, in hiding certain things, it made me hide um, my, my abilities, my intelligences, and like it, it suppressed everything. So being able to share, being feeling safe to share, liberty, straight up. Um, you know, it kind of kind of like what uh, TJ was saying, you know, it, like we've, especially me and my family, you know, I've always been taught to hold a lot of my feelings in and just keep moving, you know, keep, keep hustling. And I'm working on, you know, expressing myself and my feelings um you know being being married you know that kind of forces you into that especially if you have a partner that's already on that type of practice of communication so uh being being a a, a black man in america and being able to actually be put in a situation where you need to get in touch with your emotions get in touch with your humanity and and your thoughts and your feelings and actually express them has been definitely freeing for me. Uh, it's been more therapeutic uh, than actual therapy. You know, I, I, I see a psychologist, you know, probably bi-weekly and then I have a psychiatrist too. And, you know, just cause I'm dealing with anxiety and depression and with the same, with that, it's like, I only get an hour and, you know, I tell my life story and, you know, I really don't get into like, the, it, it doesn't even give the physician the opportunity to put in their two cents, you know, because all they're doing is just listening or jotting down notes or whatever they're doing. I don't know if they're playing Scrabble or what, but, you know, <laughs> they're just, you know, they're like, oh, time is up. And, you know, that's it. But like with, with this, with this group and the ability to actually get the time and the flexibility to like really express my feelings and thoughts on certain issues, you know, whether it be external or internal, um, has been very liberating for me. And it has helped me a great deal um, in really getting down and doing the, uh, the work that I need to do as an individual and as a man and as a father to really better myself. Yeah, man, like the biggest thing that stuck out to me there is like 
the work that you have to do. Cause like you said, you see psychologists, psychiatrists, and you go to this group, right? That's you doing the work. Like, cause I, I have my own psychologist that I go to um, and I do this group as well because it's like just consistent work that needs to be done to fight those traumas. Like there's a meme, there's a video meme out from this man talking about how it's a black man saying how if you really want to have a happy family, don't think that you're just going to all of a sudden have that family and then the shit's going to be good. Go and talk to somebody about the shit you done been through because I guarantee you there's not a, there's not a black man in America that can't say he done been through some shit. Whether it's the world, whether it's, it's white patriarchy, or it's the shit that you've dealt with in your family, everybody's going through something. And if you want to raise a happy family, you got to go in there and do some of that work so you're not out there pulling out there imposing and inflicting pain upon people. We talked about in a group where Brother Shaq said, that's an irresponsible person who's not getting their work done on themselves. It's very irresponsible. If you got friends around you, you can't, that's not their battle to fix whatever that trauma is that you're going through. And trauma doesn't necessarily even mean that you got something wrong with you, but sometimes shit has happened to you and you might got to go get some solace and some peace to be like, man, look, I can't, I can't repeat this cycle. If I can jump in on that, Tony, real quick. Um, the flip side of it is the group setting allows for our issues to be humanized. Um, sometimes as uh, black men, we're, the, you, you use the word superheroes in a positive way. Sometimes, sometimes we take it on in a negative light as in trying to save the world and we haven't even saved ourselves. And so just like being able to hear, you know, what my brother is going through or has persevered through um, it, it, it gives hope to one another because you feel like you're not alone. Yeah, it's like jumping on on the on the superhero topic, just because I'm a I'm a big nerd. Um, but <laughs> like, you know, that's like, you know, Luke Cage, you know, when he's going through a lot of his, you know, generational trauma, even though he has this big you know, hero complex, you know, he's still dealing with a lot of his demons, you know, and, you know, everybody, everybody, no matter how perfect they may seem, like, I'm gonna be honest with you, like, like, you know, me and me and my wife, like, we were like, like, Will and Jada pre-entanglement. So, like, everybody, you know, every, everybody just thought about us as, you know, like, this perfect, like, super-duper couple, and we're, like, we try and tell people, like, we're not like that. We just know how to, like, work through our issues behind the scenes so that people don't really know what's going on until we choose to let them know what's going on because it's not everybody's business. So, like, people were, like, seeing us as these, like, you know, as this model couple, and, you know, now, you know, we're, people are starting to actually see the humanity in us. And, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, needs to be seen is like, we're, we're all human beings. We're, we all have flaws. Like we all go through shit, you know, and that's how, that's how people grow is like when you find a, a common denominator, a common, a common line across all groups that's when the real growth starts. It's not, you know, just seeing somebody that's perfect and they're already on a pedestal and then you try to strive to get to that point. That's not where the growth starts. So that's my spiel on it. It's like what people say, like, think about this, the relationship goals, right? Like how many people's lives were shattered when Beyonce came out with Lemonade or like when the entanglement happened because people put their whole worth into, oh my God, I've been looking up to this couple because I don't want to see the flaws in myself. Whereas like for me personally, I feel like I've thrived from seeing the flaws in myself because like I'm trying to grow from these flaws. The only way these, these flaws get repeated is because we, we don't live in a society where we can grow from them. Like we talked about one time in our group, how honesty is a big thing. But in order to be a black man in this society, there's no room for us to be honest. Because if we're honest, we can be weak. 
If we're honest, we're out here just being flawed and slinging dick everywhere. But really, we're just being honest with what we're feeling, what we're thinking, how we're doing, right? If we're honest about our relationships, like what JL just said, we're unstable and we can't be in relationships. And we, you know, they come up with everything under the sun. But really, we're being human and fucking honest. Because everybody's going through these damn, these, these same damn things. It'd be so funny looking at people who always like, talk negative about like people in polyamorous relationships when these motherfuckers is a mistress on the low or being cheated on on the low like it like but they're judging this polyamorous person because they're honest with each other and they're cool with whatever the arrangement may be like like will and jada i don't want to leave my family but i'm not necessarily i'm not necessarily like i'm i kind of gonna want to go do my own thing we're judging that and people are, in, are are projecting their own bullshit on them. But you know what? That actually may work for them. And how many other motherfuckers are in that same type of relationship? <laughs> Don't know. It's it's the simple fact that uh, I think uh, uh, as a society, we like to act like we got our stuff together. And we, we judge people based off of that uh, uh, the word for it is uh, deception, that we have it together and you don't. So I, if, if I see you doing something and I think it's a little weird, I'm going to judge you, even though I probably don't get texted back on the same day. But I want to talk about you because you have two boyfriends. Yeah. I think um, we just uh, basically we just need to allow we just we need to allow ourselves and allow one another to 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 be human to to make mistakes to grow. Um, I don't think there's a, a I don't think growth is championed enough, um, and because I don't think we all know what it looks like because some things have bigger growth spurts, uh, take more time to grow than others. So yeah, yeah. I I mean it to be honest with you like this all this topic kind of reminds me of a a shirt that i designed and it has a picture of a black man and it has uh like one half of him is his profile and the other half uh has uh like a, a downloading screen and it literally says downloading and the reason for that the, met, the meta, metaphor behind that was because uh kind of like what the both of you guys touched on like we are seen as basically the the poster children for you know whatever type of uh topic or whatever type of category especially when it comes to be to yeah not trying to say beyonce but <laughs> when it comes to you know being in like a, a musical forum when it comes to social justice especially social justice every single uh race or you know culture looks to us as you know the leaders in that you know or they want to know what our opinion is on a certain topic uh you know and it's crazy because uh uh my wife was out with some friends um having some brunch and a japanese uh like group of film students or whatever i think they were like uh, producers or something from a com uh, film company out in uh, uh, Japan and they were talking about the George Floyd issue with them and they wanted to know what their take was on it and in the group there was uh, my wife who's Italian and Japanese there is uh, her friend really close friend he was Mexican and Italian uh, another close friend that was black and white uh, and then another friend that was like Mongolian and white. And, you know, they were all asking, you know, what their individual take was on it. And then when it came down to uh, the black and white friend, they're asking, okay, what side are you picking? The black side or the white side? That's what the Japanese interviewer asked. And, you know, he was like, I'm not really picking any sides. <laughs> I'm just picking on common sense. <laughs> That's, and that's something that, you know, a lot of people are from the outside looking in, from outside of the country looking in, that's how they, they see us is, 
you know, these, these poster children, these, you know, carbon copies of Martin Luther King that, you know, we're all supposed to have the same type of mindset, you know, when it comes to that. And, you know, it's clear to see that we are, that we as black people are extremely diverse in our thought process when it comes to that. I mean, it's a bad example, but look at the attorney general of Kentucky. <laughs> completely on the other end of the spectrum but i'm just saying that that's a whole different type of negro <laughs> he said a whole different type and you're not lying and you're not lying um you got something you want to add to that tj i said something about daniel cameron that needed to stay muted so it's cool um oh no we good <laughs> But man, let us segue into that, man. Let's segue into the next part. Um, man, what are, how can we destigmatize the need for mental health? And what are the stigmas that exist? Because maybe people don't even recognize what they see in themselves or, what, or how they behave that kind of perpetuates, you know, negative mental health. And what are some ways that we can destigmatize that? Needing therapy means you're sick. That's the stigma. Um, I think we've already said this. In our blackness, we, we have to be superheroes all the time. Um, look at Kamala Harris um, as a vice presidential candidate. She is probably overqualified. That woman should be president, period. I mean, but, you know, nevertheless, um, I said that to say um, in our superhero nature, uh, sometimes we don't have time to stop to take care of ourselves. So um, we don't, we also don't prioritize it because it's something that we can, it's something we think can delay until it's too late. Kind of like, hypertension and, and diabetes and stuff we we will you know our, our vision will get blurry a little bit you know our feet will start tingling but we won't go to the doctor until we have a heart attack why it's um there's there's probably some there's probably some 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 cultural issues um there but as far as like uh, black men are concerned um we're we, we're very pro strong silent type. Um, it's it's very um, we're kind of stuck in a uh, in a in a generational gap with it. I'd say because you know a, a lot of things have been passed down from like you know the fifties and sixties of 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 manhood with regards to um, mental health and stuff. And I think one man at a time is the only way that we can you know, destigmatize it, you know, one, one brother's healing at a time. And, and, and all we can worry about is our own healing. Um, and, and because you, you will still have some people who will champion the, the popular way. Um, you know, they will think of mental health therapy as, as, as weak, um, even gay. But that's, you know, I, 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 it, it, it pains it pains me sometimes when when we when we think of of things that will only serve to better us and when we think of them as like a a, a feminine or a dehumanizing way it's 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 a it's a past way of thinking that needs to die that's me. yeah my my take on uh, mental health and de -stig the the path to destigmatizing it is like first off, like I have no choice but to destigmatize it uh, because one, you know, I'm dealing with mental health issues from my family, um, and then also two, I have a son who has uh, ASD, so he's on the spectrum, and he's also exhibiting behaviors that might, uh, you know, indicate that he's gender fluid. So, and I'm not, I, I love my child too much to just see him die off of just killing himself because he's dealing with, you know, societal norms or quote unquote societal norms that are going to try to dictate how he should live. So I'm going to 
fully support him in anything that he does as long as it's not self-destructive. So, you know, it's my job to utilize any type of platform, any type of uh, materials that are available to me, like this podcast, for example, to normalize uh, mental health within the Black community and then also to to destigmatize it. Um, another thing that, you know, comes with that is um, just the overall uh, influence of the church. I'm going to be just completely honest with you. Like, I was born and raised in uh, both the AME and the Seventh-day Adventist uh, denominations. Both sides, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of family members that sit kind of high up in the, in the hierarchy of those denominations. And I know that Christianity was introduced to us during slavery as a means for forgiveness for being black, for being African. So that within itself was a means of control. Um, and when you're being viewed as having some type of mental disability in the church, you are seen as weak. You're seen as somebody that doesn't have any faith. So you're having to rely on your faith to be healed. You know, they always, even way back in like the 1700s, you know, if you had a mental disability, you were burned at the stake. It don't matter what color you were. So like that, like using platforms like this and actually going out and, you know, being around different people and having these types of conversations is really the groundwork that we need to keep going to destigmatize uh, mental health, especially within the black community. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, we just get put into this box where we just have to act like, because shit has happened to us for so fucking long that we can endure everything. And then the point of when you can endure, then you're not worthy or you're weak. But really, that's just taken away from, from, from our humanity because there's only so much any person can handle. Right? You punch somebody, look, look at that boxing. Mental health can be like boxing. You punch somebody in the face too damn much, they're gonna develop, they're gonna develop some cognitive issues that are gonna turn physical. Right. So it's just the same thing like with us. It's like if you do if you if, if you put if you pack trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma, you're gonna get somebody that snaps. That's why when you look at these these young black men in the streets, right? Go look at them, go up to Tulane Avenue and look at a young dude hanging and banging and look in their eyes. And everybody says they look dead inside. They're not dead inside, but they look that way because they have trauma compacted on top of trauma, compacted on top of trauma. And they've never had an outlet because all they've ever been told was to just deal with it. Just deal with it and deal with it to the point where they do something where they kill themselves or kill each other. To me, most mental health doesn't even show in things like suicide. It shows in domestic abuse. It shows in fighting. It shows in killing. To me, that's what I see. Because it's all that shit that's on top, on top of people and they don't have a safe place to deal with it. So one, I agree with all the stigmas that you're talking about. The one way we destigmatize it, especially in the black community, we stop gossiping about each other. It's so interesting how our own family members gossip about us more than a motherfucker on the street. TJ, you probably found out you was bisexual from somebody in the family because somebody in the family told somebody in the family. I'm not saying that was it, but I'm saying that's a that's a scenario that could have happened. Look, I, I, like I, I've said this in the group, like I, folk were putting me in that box before I even knew what the box was. You know, like I at the age of six, I had I had uh, my my family members were were trying to get me to to walk differently. Why do you walk like that? Why do you why does your arm swing like that? You know why you know friends were they they made fun of how 
articulate I was. And that was another thing that put me in that box. I was, I was like, I'm just being myself. I'm just me. I don't even know what you're talking about. And, you know, I, it's, it's, it's that, that's been, that's the most frustrating part. Didn't even have a chance. You know, we don't give, we don't give one another chances. Um, I was going to, just to, to add on to what you were saying, another way to destigmatize is to is just to to let people know that the coping mechanisms that they have decided on, they can have better. You know, we can we can we can have we don't have to we don't have to drink we don't have to take pop pills we don't have to drink syrup to 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 cope we can have better we can be healthy we can be healthy for ourselves we can be healthy for our the the baby mamas the wives that we have the children our parents our friends we can be healthy and being healthy is not weak it's vital it is it's, it is to live. I don't know. It's, but like I said, we can only do that one at a one person at a time. We can't, we, you know, if one one person at a time is how that changes. Yeah, bro, you said it. You said it. Being healthy is not weak. And you know what else comes down to? It almost comes down to that that sabotage psyche that we have in the black community, where we feel like we just we we're we've only been given this much. We've been given this, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This subjugation. We've been subjugated. We've been mistreated. We've been bamboozled. And that's what we end up feeling like. That's, <laughs> that's what we end up feeling like. That's all we deserve. And then like, it just be like to feel like, okay, we got a long line of people who may be popping pills, doing drugs, smoking weed. That's the way we cope. But like you said, we deserve to know other ways. And then honestly, even to find those other ways, we end up finding those moments where we're deterred from even seeking those other ways. Because do, I don't know if like you guys, but for my family, they didn't do what they did to you, TJ, but they did it in other ways. Oh, he's gonna be sneaky. Oh, he's gonna be somebody you can't trust. How do you say that to a six-year-old? He's just like his daddy. Just like it's that. Oh my God. How do you say, and so you know what's so crazy, bro? Now having a daughter, my family can't even, my family doesn't even correspond with my daughter because they tried that same shit. My daughter has a strong personality. She ain't letting you tell her, do nothing to her. I was just telling, I was telling um, JL the other day, I said, she's feeding me a cheese stick. And when I ate too much of it, she pried my mouth open and took it back. <laughs> but see, when you talk to my family, they're like, ooh, she gonna be a mess. She gonna be hard to deal with. Ooh, she gonna have a hell of an attitude. You ain't gonna be able to control her. Right. That's the point, because ain't nobody looking to control her. I'm trying to raise her to be a strong-ass woman. And so, yeah, no, she can't be coming here hitting on me, but she can boss me around. The ladies at the Waffle House the other day said, ooh, she gonna be a boss. I said, yep, she already is, because she walking to the door by herself with her wobbly legs. But she, she cleared her own path to the door. She didn't need to wait for her daddy to say, walk with me, daddy. No. You just go, because you know daddy right there behind you. You've instilled that in her. Yeah, man, Tony, I, I, I swear, I feel like uh, our daughters, if they were to come together, it would literally, and I, I, just, I, I don't know why I keep comparing, but it's going to be like, it's going to be like two Beyonce's because they're both light skinned, but I, I'd say like my daughter's a little bit darker, so she's going to have to be the Kelly Rowland. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like cause my, my daughter, she, she's a klepto. I'm sorry. She'll be, she'll just straight up jack. She you know she's like Debo. That's what she is. She's Debo. Cause she'll, she'll jack the chain. She'll look at you, give you a stank face and then <laughs> like go ahead and, make you feel real real sad inside so yeah it's but I don't I don't try to like keep her you know in a type of submissive type of box you know because like I mean her her mom is is the same exact way <laughs> you know and I can't you know I can't put her in no dang box I you know I, so it's like I just I gotta I gotta let her just run around and just be free 
Um, you know, whether that be, you know, free when she grows up, free in her sexuality, free in her identity, you know, and just like with my son, like I got to support her in whatever she does. And you know, as long as it's constructive and not self-destructive, you know, it's like my son right now talking about a dinosaur. So, you know, never lose your dinosaur. Never lose your dinosaur. <laughs> That's all I got. To say. I think the best part is, man, it's just like, you know, we're, we're debunking a whole thing where I think the past generations were coming from so much trauma that they needed to control things, right? They looked at how hard they had it. So they saw you walking, TJ, and they said, man, look, let's correct this now because blah, blah, blah. Cause, but not knowing, they were about to instill in you all the tools to deal with that plus some. Or whether or not the, the, the pedigree you come from is going to be able to deal with that. Like what you're saying too, JL, you know, that strong ass personality. Why would I stop that? Why would I stop that? I want her to be as strong as she gonna damn be. Cause guess what? If she ain't strong for herself, there's gonna be some old there's gonna be some old fuck dude that's gonna come into her life, and he gonna be calling the damn shots. And we not going for that. We not going for that at all. So what you're telling me is maybe our 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 uh, our our ancestors who are trying to do us do us a favor. Um, you know I I. I I, I understand the whole, you know, they're only doing the best that they know. Um, I get that. Uh, at some point, we have to learn more. We, 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 and, and we can't be afraid of that. Sometimes fear makes us put a limit on what is able to be. Um, and and, and there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And, and we have to allow ourselves to learn those other ways, especially if they're more efficient. And if they, if they, if they, if they're, if they f let me be free in my own way, if I feel like doing it this way, I can do it this way. And, and, you know, it's not something, you know, I was, um, <laughs> I was, uh, I was talking to my mother after we recorded on Sunday. And, you know, I was, you know, I was telling her, I was like, I didn't expect to be on that phone for like four hours. And she was like, I'm proud of you. As long as it's positive, I'm cool with it. And then, and then, and then Mary Magdalene's popping up, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was like, well, mom, you know, I don't know. But at the same time, there's, like I said, there's more than one way, there's more than one way to do it, to do a thing. And we have to allow ourselves to 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 be free to do that um, in parenting, in our self actualization, in in just everything, um, and I guess furthermore we have to forgive uh, the, our ancestors, our parents, our grandparents for for the mistakes they made with us. Uh, it, probably they were thinking they were doing their best. Some and, and and we have to, and I think that's part of our healing is being able to forgive them, but grow past that too. I, I think too, it's, it's necessarily not necessarily like, hey, forgive because you did everything right, because you try to do the best way, but for, it's more forgive for yourself. Um, because just because what they try to do was right doesn't mean that it was right, but there has to be an understanding, because that's kind of what I think Brother Shaq was trying to say to us yesterday. There has to be a little bit of an understanding that, like, they didn't, they may not have been malicious in what they were trying to do, it was limiting. And some of it may have been fucked up, but they weren't necessarily waking up with the intent to like, let me disrespect my son today. Let me hurt my son today. It was more, look at the limitations that they came from. You got to think like, we're all around the same age. Our parents came from the sixties. You know what I mean? They, they still had, they still was, was dealing with fucking Jim Crow and segregation. And so then they see like this is this newfound fucking freedom, and they're like, okay, but look, I you know I, I don't want nothing to happen to you because I know how these white people be, so that might come from that where they're trying to limit us. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like you said, you know, earlier about how our parents grew up. Um, you know, we're we're trying to mimic um, decades old doctrine and practices. And, you know, we can't necessarily do that in 2020 
you know, we can't take stuff that we've been taught from 1960s and 70s and put that into, you know, 2020 because there's, there's a whole new uh, societal norm that has, you know, sh it's shaped us as adults and as human beings. So it's like, you know, like, it's like, uh, you know, when it comes to child rearing and, you know, spanking, you know, like that is, you know, spanking within itself is a product of slavery. You can't necessarily, you know, tell a, you know, tiny human right from wrong just by hitting them. You know, <laughs> you're already inflicting trauma on somebody that just came into the world and you get mad at them because they're screaming and hollering because they got a, you know, poopy diaper in the middle of church. So, I mean, like, you can't, you can't necessarily, you know, take them back into the back room and give them a whooping because they decided that the only way that they needed to communicate at that point in time was through crying and yelling, you know? So I think when it comes to that, we just gotta, we gotta look at different ways to, you know, break through the, the generational um, teachings that have been instilled in us. I think, and I think it's, I think it's starting to change. I've seen a lot of um, younger people out um, that have kind of like broken away from that type of thinking. Um, and I think it's only going to get better as, you know, our children get older. If we keep, if we keep up with uh, this type of uh, new way of thinking and new way of, especially new way of child rearing, um, that we're, we're going to do better as a people and as a society. I, I see, um, um, I see it as an issue of exceptionalism. Uh, I take, we'll, we'll take the mode of a, of a, of a Kamala Harris, for example. Um, you know, she came from a generation where she was probably the, one of the first in her family to be a lawyer. You know, my mother in 1995 became the first physician in my family on both sides. And, you know, just, you know, with, with, with that exceptionalism comes pressure because once you've, once you've made it over to the other side and you expect your, your churn to do the same thing. And sometimes you want to do your own thing and they won't allow you to do it. So, you know, I think that's, that's part of it. And, um, unfortunately, uh, a lot of a lot of families are tied up by uh, po um, poverty. Um, some I think sometimes uh, um, there's a class issue with um, with with uh, exceptionalism and just achievement and and a way of thinking. Um, I, I think sometimes not all the time does a crab in a barrel mentality have to do with that, but I think I think that's part of it. Um, and I think once, once, uh, once our people are able to experience different things, um, have access to different things and different ways of thinking and different doings and, and stuff like that, that it will, it will continue to progress. Like you said, JL, I, I agree with that. Yeah. The crazy part is you just kind of got to end up being like cavalier, like, you know what I mean? We got to think our time on this, in this, in this destructive ass nation, is very short. It has been very short. So it's like shit is being new every day. You almost kind of just got to be cavalier about it. You know what I mean? I mean, that'll go into our next segment. Um, we've done really good here thus far. I think we can uh, go into our current events section. I don't have much to say about this one because for my own triggers, I couldn't watch this shit. I've seen a couple minutes. Me and you, TJ, talked on the phone, <laughs> and TJ said, TJ sent out an all-points bulletin on Mike Pence. <laughs> I want to know, y'all got something to say about the vice presidential debate. I didn't see much about it, so I, I won't have as much to say, just because, like I said, my triggers were just like, you're not going to be cutting off no black woman like that, and then me just 
sit there and not throw something at the TV. And 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 see, I didn't I didn't watch much of it either. I watched a, I watched some recaps on it though. Um, I did see the fly in Mike Pence's hair. Um, that was hilarious. It made me think that him and Mike and Donald Trump have the same hairologist or weaveologist or whatever they have. But that's anyway. Um, what I saw what I saw was very typical. It seemed like you know a battle of a, an overqualified an overqualified person versus a person who got to where they are just because of who they are. Uh, uh, just being a wasp male versus an overqualified, she, I, I feel like she's, she was more, she's more intelligent than him, but she also had to be more calm so as to not give off the stigma of being an angry black woman. But then when she was being talked over, she had to dismiss him in a very elegant way, articulate even, there's that key word from 09. Um, but she, but she did it. Uh, um, you know, I, she, she, she did it. I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't watch much and, you know, a lot of it was, uh, 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 was political, uh, we'll call, I guess, grandstanding, you know, the whole jargon. It was more, it was more debate-like than the first debate. It was more politician because they're, they're there. You know, Mike Pence was a governor and, you know, Kamala's been a, a district attorney and a senator you know it, it's um so that that it, it didn't it didn't have that childish vibe but then at the same time you know you can tell that you can tell that she's in a league of her own um i just i don't know if i don't know if it's enough at this point i just i don't know what i don't know what people are planning to do um and there's there's definitely a a, a dissonance between everybody along the the party lines, I don't. It, it's it's such a dissonance. You just don't know what's gonna happen because you you think that you think that it's very common sense that you know somebody is being is perpetrating some stuff and 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 they're just all for it. It, it. it doesn't. I don't get it anymore, man. I don't know what's gonna happen. Listen, I knew that uh, shit was going left as soon as I saw Kanye on the ballot. That's, <laughs> that's when I, I knew I was like, 2020, I'm done with you. I'm so done. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Kamala, I mean, I, I didn't really see the debate. Most of my information from the debate was from memes. <laughs> and uh, one that I remember seeing, I forget what it said, but it just had a picture of Pence in his eye his red eye, the thing looked like like a dead fish eye. And I was like, yeah, Pence is dying from the inside out. Like, and that's why that fly is just chilling. He's just waiting, waiting for the decay to like fully manifest. <laughs> so like, that's why I'm just like, I, I, I like, I'm glad that Kamala is, you know, as a Californian, like I, I, got, I got pride in, in her. As a black man, I got super pride in her. Um, I feel like many that she should have been like on the top of the ticket, but you know, she she's gonna be able to once she once you know her and Joe you know move in, they're gonna be able to do some things and make some changes. Cause I mean, Joe's gonna need some advisement, and you can't get no better advisement than from a black woman. So, <laughs> like especially one that's educated like her. So, you know, I just, I, I, I knew she was going to go in there and handle it. That's why I didn't really feel the need to see it. Um, but, you know, the memes, the memes are on point. I just, <laughs> I, can't, I can't say enough about the memes. Well, the question I now have is, because it brought up TJ, something that made me think about is, how does it make you feel as a black person in white spaces to have to constantly be calm when they can be irate and unprofessional as they want to be? JL, you go first, bro. <laughs> 
Oh, you got me messed up because I'm, <laughs> I'm outside right now. <laughs> but it's all good. No, no, it's all, it's, it's, it's all good. Um, wait, now, before I want to... I need Tony to rephrase that question so I can get a proper. How does it make you feel, or however you take this, how does it make you feel that as a black person, as a black man, you have to constantly, or that the expectation is us to be calm to show our class when they can be irate and unprofessional as they want to be? The um, cold switch, right on. Lord have mercy. I feel. <laughs> I feel like I, I'm a very I'm, I'm unprofessional when it comes to code switching. One of uh, one of the reasons is because, like I've had like even especially in uh, Edina, I've had like a few um, experiences with the police, and they've all been uh, non-confrontational, and that's because I have several family members and friends who are lawyers and. Uh, you know, former police officers. Um, my grandfather, when he, he was uh, in the military, he was an MP, and then he became a deputy uh, for the uh, sheriff's department and out in New Orleans, coincidentally. Um, so, like, I, I just know how to handle myself when it comes to that. So, like, when it comes to that, and I thought my son was going to be quiet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when it comes to that, I just feel, I, I feel like I, like, it's a, it's a knee-jerk reaction for me um, to just, like, keep myself calm. Because I know that when, like, when it really comes down to it, like, they're going to automatically see, you know, see a threat. You know, it's like if you if you were to see like a like a, a lion that just escaped from the zoo, you know that lion had been tortured, starved to death, damn near starved to death, had been made fun of by a whole bunch of random faces and mean children, and then he decided, you know what, I'm just gonna try and break out, and all of a sudden that that lion is now seen as a major threat to society you know and all that lion is trying to do is trying to find you know a, a little rabbit to eat real quick because you know all he's been given is you know some pedigree which is not what you feed a lion you feed a lion steak so it's, it's almost like it's, it's almost like for you it's a, it becomes like a point of survival yeah exactly right. and, and i mean i you would say that about probably the majority of black men. Like I would even look at Philando Castile that happened, you know, five minutes away from where I went to college. You know what I mean? Like the part that fucked my head up so bad about that was he was, he said his mom kept saying, I taught him how to, to deal with cops because of his concealing carry. And it just kind of became one of those moments of like, no matter how we prepare ourselves, we're still going to be put in those positions where it's life or death, and we we honestly have to tailor ourselves and our behaviors and reactions so that we don't get harmed. And I think what 2020 and 2016 and on has really taught us is like, no matter what the fuck you do, you're still probably going to be harmed. And that's a lot to process as a black man. Orlando was one that broke my heart. You know, I, I think about people and their lack of decency. You had a you had a baby in a car seat. That baby was screaming, crying, and she's just looking at her dad dead because you put some caps in him. And all we're ever told to do, comply. Comply. It's bull crap. We can comply and still die. Look, I I was. I was sitting outside while we were recording Sunday night and my mom thought I was being a little too loud because we were, we were kicking it. I told my mother, I said, look, you pay your mortgage and your homeowners, your homeowners association fee, just like the rest of these people do. I could care less and they better not care either. All, all this decency stuff and all that, you pay your bills here. You belong here. You have a right to be however you want to be in this house. 
I'm, I am sitting on my front doorstep. If I want to talk a little louder, I should, be ha I should have the liberty to do so. And I don't care what anybody in this neighborhood has to say. I just, I, and, and, and I say that to say, man, we, we, we've done all the work to, to, to be accepted. They won't accept us anyway. So why don't we just be ourselves in, in every color? You know, I, it's why as ratchet as she is, God bless her. I love Cardi B mm -hmm. because she is, Me she, too. Is, as, she is, un, she is unapologetic. She's she's sexy, but she's confident. Um, and and you know she she knows she ain't perfect. She knows she she you know she's a little rough around the edges. She done licked a couple of people in her lifetime. She used to be a stripper. She done stole. She she's been that person, and she has not cut any corners on that. She is still able to be you know a successful uh, entrepreneur, a uh, female rapper, mother. You know, uh, at the end of the day, she's also a mother, and 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 any of none none of her accomplishments can be taken away from her because she grinded for everything. And the same grind that she had, I see it in my mother. And my mother never had to take her clothes off to do it, but it's still the same. And I have to accept that. And 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 doggone it, white people and any other race for that matter needs to accept any and every way that we succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 black people need to be the ones to first and foremost champion the success of our own people you know we we can't we can't keep trying to to keep our own people in boxes out of this whole exceptionalism thing like we 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 we, we don't we don't respect success unless it looks like you know f gary gray or 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 bob johnson or you know, like that, you know, some people are Cardi B's and get their way to the top. Some people are Sean Carter's and, you know, they have to hustle in the Marcy projects and then come up, you know, it doesn't always happen the same way, but we have to allow ourselves to push because we know the crap that we were, the crappy hands that we were dealt. Mm -hmm. I got a little worked up. You, you said Philando Castile, you got me oh, all worked oh, that's, up. I mean, look, I like when TJ gets hyped up. So look, up, we're gonna do it like this. <laughs> we're gonna do it like this. We're gonna, we're gonna slow this. We're gonna slow this thing down, um, and just do some final words. Um, again, I always enjoy this conversation, and it's it's just this is like there's so much depth. There's so much depth to the conversations that we're having. You know what I mean? And you know, it's it's what's kind of been an overlying theme to all this is we do got to just get to a point where we're not worried about justifying our humanity and just being ourselves. And you're just going to have to accept us as who we are, whether it's to our own fellow black community or if it's to the white community, you're going to have to accept us as who we are and not as what you want us to be. We don't have to be giving off our accolades or anything. We don't have to change our rules of engagement. You, Because honestly, if you comply, you still might fucking die. So, fellas, if y'all got any last parting words, give them to the people. TJ, I'm gonna let you go because I gotta, I gotta make sure that these children are all situated. Yeah, you hear that. Um, final thoughts. Uh, be good to your friends and each other. No, I'm playing. Um, that was that was that was Jerry Springer. Um, I I I'll, I'll say this. Um, we we sometimes we make fun of of the people like Iyanla Van Zandt and and you know you got to do your work and all that other stuff. But as black as every black man has work that they have to do. Um, and before we can honestly be all that we can be, we got to do this work. Um, and the, decon the deconstruction of trauma, the deconstruction of appropriation culture, the deconstruction of, 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 of weak, of, of toxic masculinity, hyper-masculinity, uh, black culture sometimes even uh, we, we, we have we, whatever work we gotta do do it um 
don't be don't be afraid of it. Look, because of this pandemic, um, I've had nothing but time, um, and and sometimes um, having too much time is scary. But um, I'm grateful to this group that that it has created a, a an avenue for my time to 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 finish some work, some incomplete work. Um, uh, I. I became a, a psychology major uh, 15 years ago, uh, just trying trying to 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 get ahead of some issues that I saw myself having. And um, you 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 can't you can't fix yourself unless you're honest with yourself. So, gotta be honest, realizing that we need to do work, and then do it. And whoever you can trust while you're doing that work. You know, you 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 keep them with you for the rest of your life. Do the work. And that's our final words by TJ. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you got something, JL, or you want me to cut it off? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like TJ. I am extremely grateful for being part of this group. Um, I am very grateful that um, I'm around a bunch of people that have been around some wild children in their lives so they can understand, you know, what I got to deal with. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, I'm just forever, forever grateful for you guys. And I, and I can say a thing, man, I can't gush enough about how much I just appreciate having y'all fellas in my life and where we're going to continue this journey, the lives that we're going to impact, and the fearlessness that we don't mind showing. So we're going to cut this off. This has been the Rise of the Kings podcast. You can find us at Rise of the Kings podcast on Facebook. If you are interested in joining this virtual group um, of communal brothers really supporting each other and really working on that healing, doing the work, find us on Rise of the Kings podcast on Facebook. Until then, signing out. Peace.